Awesome Friendly Podcast. My name is Jake. I'm here with Sam, Sreyas, and Chase, and this is episode 11. Thank you for tuning in. We're also joined by a very special guest, which we'll introduce here in a second, but we're going to talk to this guest, learn more about his story, and then talk about spring football, play a little game in between, but we're just going to have some fun, so thanks for tuning in. With that, Sreyas, do you want to introduce our special guest? Sure. All right. BMAC. How's it going, man? I'm going great. Thanks for having me on. The legend, the legend himself. For those people, folks that aren't on Twitter, BMAC is the absolute number one account to follow. So, BMAC, we got you here. We want to know everything about you. What is your story? How did you join us as CU fans? I think a lot of us know the answer to this, but I want to hear it from you. Well, um, my grandpa, who uh, most of you may or may not know, his name is Bill McCartney. And uh, that's, I was kind of born into this. <laughs> <laughs> so I really had no other choice, but I love every single moment of it. And, uh, and <laughs> there have been some ups and downs, <laughs> really, really a lot of downs, more than ups, but we're going to get a lot more ups coming in the future. So, and um, yeah, just, and also a lot of credit to my dad for raising me as a Bucks fan too. And yeah, it's just been it's just been kind of I was born into this. It's family oriented. That is amazing. So the other thing that's on all of our minds is where did Wired, Fired, and Inspired come from? So it, it's actually my grandpa's line. So uh, he said he said he said it um, a couple times at, at Colorado, but I wanted to make it really big to like kind of do something to honor him. So I just, uh, so when my production videos first started back in 2020 with the COVID season, um, my brother actually gave me the idea to uh, honor my grandpa by ending all my videos with, I'm wired, fired, and inspired, let's go Buffalo. So that's where that all kind of came from. Love that. Uh, BMAC, do you have any any memories? Um that you hold near and dear to your heart, just watching the bus, either with your dad or with your grandpa. Are there any memories that stick out for you? Um, the two that stuck out the most are beating Nebraska in 2018 and 2019. 2019 was even better than 2018 because I got to celebrate my birthday with that win. It was actually on my birthday. So um, the flea flicker to Katie Nixon was, uh, it's going to be one of my favorite plays that I've ever watched live. Aside from uh, being at the big house with my cousin, uh, who is who, who's Derek McCartney, who Buff Nation probably knows pretty well, he uh, he um, stripped, sacked uh, Wilton Spate and took the ball back to the end zone for his first and only career uh, college touchdown, and sadly tore his ACL later in that game. And yeah, BMAC, I was at that game too. It was amazing. It was it was so it was so amazing and electric to be in that in that place with all the other CU fans and gosh, like we were, we were there before all the injuries. We were right there. We had them and it just, uh, it was tough. Yeah. But hearing the silence of the, of that crowd after, after some of the great moments, that strip sack was really memorable. Seth was bombed to Shea Fields. Yeah. Yeah. 
Cepho's uh, bomb to Shea Fields to start the mm-hmm. second half, where he actually, I think where, that's where we knew that he was really hurt. It was, that was just such an amazing he experience. He blown up on that play. Yeah, he did. But that was, that was amazing. I'm glad that that was one of your favorite memories, too. I love being there. You guys said you only got one hour. I could go the whole hour just uh, talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you traveled to any other stadiums? Um, I've only been to Folsom in the Big House, but I've also been to um, um, Northwestern Stadium here in Illinois. But that was back in like 2011, so I, I don't really remember that game. Very nice. So, BMAC, I I guess my question would be: I know, um, you know, for people that follow your Twitter account closely, um, you know, you were a, a football assistant for a, a school out there in Illinois. Can you kind of tell us more about? You know that experience and how maybe you know knowing right, your grandpa right. and you know your grandpa is obviously one of the greatest coaches of all time. Um, you know how did how what was that experience kind of like? So uh, what I, I I went to college at a school called at Nazarene University. It's in um, kind of central Illinois. And this summer, well, this past season, I uh, I worked as a coaching staff assistant and uh, I would help out at practice, um, just go through all the drills with the players. And um, be their ball boy on game day, so that that was a lot of fun. First time I was really ever with the team, like first time I was ever really actually part of a team. And um, let's just say I might have I might have uh, used some of my grandpa's advice that he's given me during those uh, coaching days. And what, and what was the other part of your question? Just you know, is that something that you're you're passionate, like something that you're interested in doing? Um, you know, carrying forward that legacy, or was that just kind of something you did because you were you were at school, or, or what was that experience kind of like? Oh, the experience was really awesome. Um, and uh, I would like to somehow carry on my grandpa's legacy through that. But how I want to carry on my grandpa's legacy is just um, somehow working at Colorado full time someday, and uh, and just just keeping the the. The, the last name of McCartney alive in Colorado to honor my grandpa. How, how do we how do we hook you up with that, B Mac? Rick George, I know you're not listening, but if you are, <laughs> <laughs> you heard the man. Let's hook him up with a job. Coach Prime's not hard to find, so maybe, maybe we can. We come. That's what they say. Yeah. So. BMAC, I'm curious. You know, obviously, you just won our inaugural inaugural uh, Twitter tournament of CU fans, which Jake put together um, pretty much completely by himself. MVP but I, for you. <laughs> absolutely MVP. We're curious, you know, in any of those rounds, were you kind of worried about, about the matchups or were you, you know, quiet confidence the whole way through? I know you had um, Philip Lindsay came in and gave you a shout out. You, you really brought out the big guns. Uh, we, were, and, and we were quite impressed. Really quick, uh, before, uh, before you answer this, just to give more context to some of our listeners, because not everyone's on Twitter, but we hosted a, uh, a Twitter competition for the best CU fan account. There's a bunch of CU fan accounts that don't get enough credit um, just because a lot of people follow the reporters and we wanted to build a, a bigger bond with Buffs Twitter because it's a great community. Uh, we had some fun rivalries throughout the Twitter competition that was just a blast to see. Uh, so that's why we created this, this uh, March Madness type tournament and it was essentially voting on a fan's favorite CU Twitter account um, that's run solely by a fan. So BMAC came in as a number one seed. Um, but yeah, BMAC, uh, to answer Chase's question, 
Uh, yeah, can you give us your thoughts and, and how you approach the tournament? Well, first of all, shout out to all the, to the 63 other um, fans in the competition and to you, Jake, for putting putting that on. It, it, it was a blast. And uh, there are a bunch of, of great CU fan accounts out there, but I'm just honored to be considered number one. But um, but <laughs> to answer your question, I am. There was one person who I was really concerned with, and that was Benjamin Burroughs, because he had the um. I was like, oh no, I'm gonna lose to the guy who wants to blow up uh, the Mel Tucker bobblehead because everybody wants to see something exciting. And then I said, I said to my dad, Dad, what are we gonna do? How am I gonna surpass this? Get past this um. This guy who wants to blow up a bobblehead because right now I have nothing exciting other than a, a wildfire inspired springing video that I'm uh, that I'm gonna put out if if I win. And then he said, "Don't worry, I got some ideas." And then he says, "I'm gonna get Philip Lindsay to um get to I'm gonna get Philip to make a video if we go to the if we go to the championship game." So then I right then and there I knew I was gonna win. Um, I, I yeah I knew I was gonna win right then and there. Yeah, B Mac, I think you were up like seventy to thirty percent, and then that Phil Lindsay video <laughs> dropped, and I'm like, stick a fork in that, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> and you called it from the beginning, Drake. You were my prediction to win. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I didn't fill out a bracket. I should next year. We should all fill out <laughs> brackets and and see who wins. Yeah, it, it was very very humble of you to. Uh thank the the 63 losers of the tournament for participating when <laughs> in, in, in my in my heart i i knew you were gonna win it the entire time um but i, I want to know what 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 were the celebrations like once you won were you were you like really excited you guys like party a little bit or was it just kind of <laughs> like you know that you acted like you've been there before um well to be honest i was like um i, I kind of just said uh Let's go! I won, and then I and then I uh, said, and then I just kind of gave my dad a high five and like, we're number one, dad. And then uh, and then just kind of went from there because, uh, uh, well, basically I was kind of uh, like I've been here before. <laughs> yeah, and I guess another question I'd have is, you know, PMAC your opponent was offering to destroy his Mel Tucker bobblehead. And I will say at least, you know, I had the same bobblehead and mine was destroyed well before, you know, this tournament would have gone on. So wouldn't you say, you know, not to throw shade um, at Burroughs by any means, but I'd say, you know, that, that alone, the existence of that bobblehead alone was proof that you should have uh, walked away with it. I think. Yeah. I mean, I was giving him a hard time the whole tournament. I was, I was thinking to myself, don't you have that bobblehead destroyed as of uh February 4th, 2020, and not uh, have it three years later after the tragedy event. Pretty suspicious. <laughs> Wonder if he's a Michigan State fan himself. Mm. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the competition's over, BMAC. You already won. We don't need to do this anymore. <laughs> I love it. Start the smack talk for next year. <laughs> All right. So, my question to you, BMAC is 2022 football season was obviously very, very difficult for all CU fans. But throughout that season, 
we still continue to see you out there putting out that positive message to, to stay wired, fired and inspired constantly. Right. What, what did you see from the team that kept you going or was it just something else? Well, um, first off, shout out to Mike Stan- Sanford because, uh, he had, he had, he had so much energy and, um, he, 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 him and his players never gave up throughout the season, although it looked like it on the field. But um, I know that I know that they gave that they gave every play everything that they had, and that and they wanted to win, just as much as as us fans did. Well, they probably wanted it more than the most fans, just not me. Um, <laughs> and. <laughs> But I just I just saw a lot of heart through um through through a really down year from all the players. Yes, we fired our head coach after um five games, but then the California win really really brought a lot out of me. And like and and that video that I put out that celebrated our win was just kind of um all of my emotions from the from the season leading up until that point coming out all at once so yeah um I'm just never gonna give up on my buffaloes um just like I'm never gonna give up on anybody else because like to me the buffaloes are family and uh and um I, I I just uh I'm just gonna be there for and with them through the ups and downs whenever I love the, it the highs and lowest of lows because they are truly family. Yeah, I, I, love I, it. I need to record you saying that and like play it in Chase's ear when the refs make a bad call in like the third <laughs> quarter of the game because you do not want to be standing next to Chase when that happens. There, <laughs> I would not want to be that ref when. when they call. But to I mean, be clear, I don't. I don't think BMAC is supporting the referees per se. He's oh, I'm supporting the buffs. Not supporting the, the buffs exclusively. <laughs> yeah. So um, my, my slander of the referees shall continue, but. <laughs> Like I would suggest BMAC, um, you know, I don't think any of us have ever left a game early, even some of the absolutely punishing losses. So um, I watched every single snap last year. But yep. I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, BMAC, there's been some times where I would have needed to hear your uh your your words of inspiration just now. Um, especially I can think of like some of those Oregon games um <laughs> back in 20, 2017 or you know, 2015. Um so yeah, it's, like 49 to two. Yeah, in the rain, I believe. That's right. Um, so it was extra punishing. Yeah, it, that two, that two is almost insulting, <laughs> right? That safety <laughs> at the end of the third quarter was just like a slap in the face. You know, oh, here's your shutout. You know, and it's gone because of a safety, and we decided to run back into our own end zone. Now, BMAC, seriously, that Cal game. I'm really glad that you brought that up. I think that any diehard CU fan felt the emotion of that game. That right. to, to anyone else. To anyone else on this planet, that game was completely meaningless. It was two very, very bad teams playing against each other. But we needed we needed it so badly just from that morale standpoint. And that's why you saw that reaction, right? You saw the entire student body on the field. On the field. We all felt it. And I'm really glad that you you referenced that. And we, we were all really inspired to watch that video, too. It just keeps you going through all of that. And now – exciting times ahead i'm gonna guess i'm not alone um i think i actually cried when we won that game in overtime um i, did. You know, I, was, I, did. I was watching all the, <laughs> i cried 
Um, but I mean, that team needed that win so badly, um, and the fan base even more so. So it was really cool. You know, my my sister's a, a or was a freshman um, that that last season um, at CU, and that was the first win she ever saw as a as a um, CU student. So it was cool for that um, reason as well. Dude, I think talking uh, about crying really quick. The last time I cried related to CU sports was when we hired Coach Prime and BMAC made his wired, fired, and inspired video. Oh, my God. I'm like, it was huge. I was Same. so pumped up. I would also like to add that I've been at CU for five years, and that was, like, the fifth win that I've seen. They <laughs> <laughs> don't make your sister yeah, feel special with that, with that, with the, the, the one win freshman year. Yeah, so BMAC, who is your favorite buff of all time? And if it's your cousin, who's your second favorite buff of all time? Well, uh, if it's outside of uh, family, hmm, can we, can, can I say uh, my lifetime and then, uh, then, um, yeah, for sure. I have to say Philip Lindsay is my uh, lifetime favorite buffalo. And then, um, my all time favorite. Probably Michael Westbrook. Nice. What a just what, what a tasteful selection there from BMAC. I mean, just <laughs> you know, reaching back for Michael Westbrook, uh, incredible. Um, you know, I think, I think Michigan. Lots of arguments can be made for all kinds of different players, but those are, I mean, those are two super tasteful, phenomenal answers. So BMAC, we got a little game uh, that we want to play with you. Normally, we do a little draft segment, but. Um, we want to do a little special edition while we had you on. Um, but this game is essentially we're going to ask you. We're, we're going to say a word or a phrase, and you have to tell us if it's wired, fired, or inspired, or tired. Wired, fired, so, or tired. So you have those four choices. We're just going to rattle off some things and you got to tell us if it's wired fired inspired or tired you can elaborate on why some of these are you know some of these we're very curious to hear your opinion so i'll start nebraska tired oh <laughs> love it love it uh so the first one ralphie wired love it second one the twins Wired, fired, and inspired. I think I think that's allowable. I think it's yeah. allowable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm just interested. You know, Ralphie getting, um, you know, the one word of the twins getting all three. That's that's uh pretty impressive. Um, so, the best CU fans of all time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and they so, stay for the whole game. Right. True. And <laughs> and basketball. Um, yeah. Ralphie just like a frat student. They show up for like a, <laughs> like a half, and they kind of run away. So uh, the next one is uh, Coach Prime. Wired. Oh, all right. Solid pick. I, you know, I really I'll thought take inspired. inspired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hopefully For not me. fired. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's hope not. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed not just fired. Uh, either, what was Coach Prime's statement? You either get promoted or demoted. Right? <laughs> I'll promote him to inspired. There we go. There love, we it. Go. love it. All right, be back. Next one we got, Buff Pool. Hmm. Tough one. Wired. Love yeah, it. I, I think that's solid. 
Here's one where I'll just let you know, we're, we're a little bit biased on, on this one. So um, we, we might have our feelings hurt here. But Don't say we. My personal favorite CU player of all time, Cody Hawkins. I could just feel the fire coming. I, just, I can sense the fire it, coming. It could be the second time. No, just for you, fired. <laughs> no, I'm just getting probably wired or inspired actually. Yeah, hopefully Idaho State doesn't doesn't choose fires anytime soon. <laughs> I can't talk bad about anything CU related. I really can't. Love it. Love it. Next, next one, Pasta Jays. <laughs> Can I do that? A hey, wired, fired, and inspired. Oh, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're getting that sponsorship. <laughs> yeah, you heard that, Jay? I don't even know. You know, is the owner Jay? We we don't even know. Um, all right, the Mr. next Jay. one is uh, Folsom Field. I just want to. Say, I, I I know I can't use all three for all of them, so I'm gonna say wired. All right, solid. It was tired. Yeah, <laughs> at times it was also wired. At times, right? That Cal game was super wired. <laughs> yeah. Next up, we have corn. Extremely tired. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh man! Why? Well, now, what's what? What's the deal with corn? <laughs> yeah, I, I can't say anything good about Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> so this one might be a hard one for you, then, uh, BMAC, because it is the color of corn. But how about that yellow gold color that our student section used to wear at football games? Wired. I love Bring it. Bring that back. That's right. Exactly. I haven't met a CU fan yet that says we shouldn't bring that color back. Yeah. You heard it here, Rick George, who's definitely listening to this right now. Spurious also has not met a CU fan under the age of 45. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Are you just called yourself old? What are you doing? <laughs> that you was a self. Yourself. You played yourself, Chase. You know, Rick George might not be listening, but Coach Prime probably is. Thanks for the follow this week, Coach Prime on Twitter. We appreciate it. <laughs> um, okay, feedback. Next up, we have Denver International Airport. Um, <laughs> sorry, DIA. Tired. Uh, That's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah. Those lines are ridiculous. Answer. Especially since they expanded all the concourses to be like six miles long, right? You know, rather than build the fourth, fourth concourse. Please yeah. don't pick me up before I come to Boulder this summer. <laughs> I, I will say though, once Dion, once Coach Prime is the voice of the train, do you think you'll bump it up to a wired, fired, and inspired? Ooh, definitely. definitely. Ooh, I can't wait for that. All right. You are right. now delaying the departure of this train. <laughs> Please All right. Wait. We coming. We coming. <laughs> So, BMAC, as you know, um, certain members have different opinions about this next one um, in this this call. I'm, I'm confident you agree with me on this one, though. Tad Boyle. Wired. I think Jake would give Tad a, a tired, so. Uh, a tired fire. So Jake would love to give Tad a fire. fire. <laughs> <laughs> You'd give him a fire. Chase loved calling me out. No, no, no I'm a fan of Tad Boyle, honestly. No, I respect it. I respect it. Winningest coach of all time at CU. So <laughs> I respect the take. Uh, next up, the flat irons. Oh, my. Hmm. Anything but fired and tired. So wired and inspired. 
Nice. Now, this one, this one you may not be familiar with. We did a draft segment uh, a couple episodes ago where <laughs> Jake said his, I think, number three place he would take a girl on a date um, if he could out of Boulder would be to Wyoming to see the tallest escalators in the entire state, which happened to be in Cheyenne, right <laughs> over the border. So a little bit of a niche niche topic, but uh, wired, fired, or tired, the Wyoming escalators that are uh, super tall. Because Jake said it, I'm going to say tired. But otherwise, well, hold on. Sam said it. Credit, you gotta give credit where credit is due. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> and also, 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 they're not the tallest escalators. They're normal sized escalators, and they're in Casper, Wyoming, which is even farther away <laughs> from Boulder. Oh, because Sam said I'm gonna give it a wired. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. So I guess in my explanation, I got almost none of the details right. But uh, Mac, I might bump you down to a two seed in our Twitter tournament next year because of the slander. <laughs> he's still gonna win. Yeah. <laughs> what you think he's gonna get a tough two fifteen matchup next year? <laughs> uh, next up, what do we got? Ooh, this one's kind of spicy. The Big Twelve. Pac-12, I would say tired, but the Big 12, I would say wired. Oh, Ooh. let's go. You heard it here first. Wow, we're coming home. Yeah, time <laughs> to go home. I will say, uh, BMAC, I don't, we went to the, the Kansas game, the basketball game, when, when Colorado played at, at Kansas a couple of years ago, and uh, seeing all those Big 12 trophies made me pretty nostalgic. I don't know about you. But uh, you remember when Speed hit that three against Kansas, don't you? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, so this next one is a two-part question. So part one, Ham the Ram. The Ram? Hmm. Tired. Can't say anything good about CSE. All right, part two, <laughs> Cam the Ram being so tired that he dies the day of the Rocky Mountain Showdown back in 2016. I was going to get it wired. <laughs> <laughs> and inspired. <laughs> Man, I can't top that. But the next one, we have the all-black uniforms. I love the all-black uniforms. Wired. All right, now, now this we didn't have this one listed, but I'm curious. What about the stormtrooper look in the all-whites? Dang it! I love all our uniform combos. Wired. Yes. <laughs> all right. Well, now I'm also curious. What's your favorite uniform combination that Colorado <laughs> wears? Uh, one through three. I'd uh, list our traditional uh, gold black gold look and then the stormtroopers on the blackout do you like the uh traditional logo or the the retro one with the ralphie better on those all blacks i'm gonna say traditional okay interesting it's close though actually actually my favorite uniform combination is the gold blue gold Oh, oh, no. No. Oh, you oh, BMAC. You're just saying that. You're just saying that, BMAC. I just it. wanted to get y'all's reaction. <laughs> oh, my yeah, so with that, that does conclude. Yeah, so with that, that does conclude our Wired, Fired, Inspired, Retired game. Thanks for joining us, BMAC, for that. I had a great time hearing your opinions on some of those things. <laughs> with that, I'm kind of curious. I just want to go around the horn. What's everyone's favorite uniform combo? We heard B Max is a traditional. I want to hear Estrella, Sam, Chase. What do you, what are you guys' favorite? I could start. I my favorite is the gold helmet and then black black. Yeah, I love I love the traditional, but also the all black is just it goes hard. I also don't know if CU's done that well in that uniform combo. I also don't know if CU's done well in any uniform combo for the last 10 years. Yeah. But if, I they're love wearing, the if, they're, if they're wearing a football helmet, it's usually not going <laughs> to end up 
uh, well for the CU Buffs recently. And apparently, uh, even if they're not wearing a football helmet, because clearly they're having some trouble practicing over the last, <laughs> the last <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my, my my favorite one, I would say, is I would say gold, gold, black, gold for day games. But for night games, it's got to be black pants, black jersey, gold helmet. There's something about the gold helmet and the, the black rest of the jersey when the lights are out. I think it just looks amazing. Yeah, I, uh, I feel like a boomer for this take, but... I wish I genuinely truly think we should only ever wear um the, the classic uh uniform. Um frankly, no I think way. we should wear it on I the didn't, road. I didn't too. know I didn't know you had that opinion. Um, no, yeah. Needs. Okay. Huh. I um I genuinely think our classics are just absolute perfection, especially at home. It kind of drives me crazy. Um, like the the silver uniforms in particular drive me crazy. Um, I love our look. I wish we would never change it. The only thing I'd like to see thank us change you, is thank that. You. <laughs> yeah. See, it's nice to have VMAC backing me on this one. Maybe it's because Jake said he liked the other ones, but um, you know, I, I think the only thing that I like changing occasionally is if we do the black helmet, I, I love that retro Ralphie. I think it's super cool. Um, I'm going to probably own five or six t-shirts with that. Um, as soon as I start actually making a salary here um, pretty soon, but I got to say like, I, it, I know, um, not Darrell, geez. Um, I know Coach Prime is not going to be um, shy when it comes to mixing up the, the uniforms. Um, and I'm sure Nike's trying to prove something to get back in his good graces. So they'll probably give us all kinds of crazy stuff. But at least at home, I, I think it should be the classics, period. Amen. It's my favorite. And I don't, I don't love any of the other ones. Somewhat of yeah. a hot take. Yeah. And Chase is talking about um, getting a salary from doing this podcast because we know someone. Yeah, Pasa Jays or you, loyal listener, you might have a business that you want to give us money and we'll talk about it here. So reach out to us at Folsom Frenzy Podcast at gmail.com with uh, any any and all uh offers. any and all business in- inquiries. Yeah. We'll hear them. We'll <laughs> definitely look at them. Yeah, are we'll, you gonna we'll... drop your Venmo next? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe your social security numbers. <laughs> <laughs> um so with that. Let's transition into spring ball. We haven't talked about it much yet on this podcast, so I just want to open it up. Overall thoughts, who's standing out? Um, obviously, we're not there at practice, uh, but we can see through the well-off videos and who's making plays. But what are you guys' overall thoughts about spring practice? From what I've seen, there's, there's a very clear upgrade offense. There's no question about it whatsoever. The weapons that our quarterback has without even getting to who the quarterback is, right? The weapons that he has are unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable with Travis Hunter now playing probably both sides, but definitely wide receiver. He's absolutely looking crazy as a wide receiver. Jimmy Horn Jr. From USF coming in, earning, becoming the first player to earn a number, number five. And and then even guys who maybe we haven't seen a ton of, of, accolades shower too but uh zico right say to triore he's coming in super hyped for as a tight end and we haven't heard much about what uh cavassier smoke has been doing or, or the running back room's been doing but we know that that they're they're out there grinding and 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 doing really well too so really excited for the weapons really excited for the gunslinger himself shadur sanders He's in every video that I've seen, he looked like he has a ton of arm strength. Looks like he has a ton of accuracy. He can make throws on the run. He can make throws and through tight windows, but 
The one thing that I am concerned about, and I've, I've heard from Coach Prime, this being mentioned, and I, I assume that we'll see potential changes between now and when we start the season, is that offensive line in particular. It sounds like there's there's a lot to be desired there, and that's very scary, right? That's very scary because it has the potential to derail a lot of other good things that could be happening. So I'm very interested to see how that evolves. Yeah, to give context, there was a question about the O-line in some press conference, and, and Coach Prime basically said, like, the team's not going to look the same when we play TCU in that context of, of the O-line. I don't think that'll solely be the O-line where changes will be made, but that was a huge quote from Coach Prime this past week. I, I got to say, I, you know, everyone's obviously very excited. I am incredibly excited about this team. Um, I, I got to say, though, the film that has stuck out the most for me is the, the film that would, you know, not be surprising at all is, you know, uh, Shador Sanders is putting balls into windows. You know, if you watch the footage, that is incredible to see, you know, windows that historically our quarterbacks are just not, even Cody Hawkins is it's crazy as it is to say, Cody Hawkins is not squeezing into windows like that. So it's the impress, the accuracy is what's been really impressive to me on that side. I will say Travis Hunter, the, my favorite highlight I've seen of him has been where he's probably scorching the DB by about 10 yards um, by the time the ball gets airmailed, uh, airdropped to him. But I got to say, and again, maybe this is a hot take. Uh, I'm on fire with him today, but I really think Travis Hunter is going to play DB predominantly this year. I think he's going to be brought in as a wide receiver as like kind of a special package um, and maybe take the lid off the top of uh, the team. But I just don't think, you know, the guy's got an NFL future. He can't play both sides. It's just not smart for him. It's not the best business decision. So I think he's going to have to pick one side or another. And I really do think he's going to stick with DB predominantly with a little bit of upside um, on the wide receiver side. So that's my response. Uh, that's what they to- said about primetime, Chase. You can only play one sport. You can only I, play look, one position. I, I hear you can you. play I'm wide just, receiver and DB and play baseball. I think they're going to play him a lot like he was played uh, at Jackson State, where he's going to play 90% of his reps at, at corner <laughs> and then get a little bit of, uh, you know, some some smaller, more important reps at wide receiver. But, so you, you think yeah. it'll be 90-10? Maybe 80-20. But, yeah, I, I really do think it's going to be predominantly at, at – yeah, that's where he's excelled. Frankly, he can excel anywhere he wants to go. I think – Money-making wise, there's probably an argument that maybe he wants to go to wide receiver um, in the NFL. But frankly, if you're a shutdown DB at the top of your game, um, one of the best DBs in the league, you're going to make a boatload of cash um, either way. So I, I, it's really exciting to see that. I think we're stacked at wide receiver as well. I think we could use a little bit more help in our secondary, but um, you know, he's going to make his decision. He, he, he gets first priority on wherever he wants to play, in my opinion. So BMAC, what are your thoughts? So um, there's one guy we, who who – None of you have brought up yet that I'm really, really excited about. He's actually a, he was actually on the team previous seasons. His name is Trevor Woods. He he plays on the defense as a corner, and I I think he he's or safety. He's just getting um, lost in all the Travis Hunter, Clermont, and McLean excitement. But and and he's actually one of the first um, first six to have claimed his number actually yesterday so apparently he's having a really good camp and um I think we're gonna see a lot of improvement especially after he um he I can't remember what he hurt last year but I think he hurt his ankle right his ankle and um I I I, I was just a big fan of his last year and I think that he's he um he's gonna have a really big year um 
um, paired with Travis and Cormani in, in, in the same defense. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And the other buff that I think is going to show off this year after he, come, he comes back from injury is um, Jordan Tyson. He's He fits the scheme with the, the speed. You guys remember that touchdown he returned against Arizona State at Folsom Field? Amazing. So uh, I'm, re- I'm really, really excited about those two Buffaloes this year, along with Travis Hunter and uh, Jadir Sanders and all of the new era buffs. So that'll be really fun. And uh, what are your thoughts about, I don't know if you've seen the the videos of Charlie Offerdahl um, coming in as a, a walk-on running back. He's definitely impressed a lot of people. He's definitely got some grit. Do you think, is that a potentially a scholarship offer coming up? Or, he, you know, worst case scenario, he's he's got the dog in him. Um, he kind of reminds me, he runs kind of like Bill Lindsay did. Um, I, I, mean, I, mean, uh, I mean, Coach Palm did say if you keep practicing like this, you're not going to be a walk-on anymore. So, yeah, I I think if Coach Prime says that about you, you're going to be a scholarship kind of guy. So, um, yeah, I do think that he will be a – he will get a scholarship here soon and hopefully his number. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised he hasn't earned his number yet. Um, maybe maybe it was just a blip that, that he went off in the practice. And, like, it's also probably not great optics to get a walk on a number this early too. Uh, but, yeah, BMAC, I love that call out of Trevor Woods, the first return – returning buff to get a number i i love that um i want to take a step back really quick because chase brought up the travis hunter talk of cb versus wide receiver i want to quickly go around the horn what do you guys think what percentage at each position um so like i can go first i i literally think it's going to be 50 50 and i think that because travis hunter has solely been practicing on the offensive side and, you know, Coach Prime has pushed it off and said, like, he can pick up DB whenever he wants. He's just a freak athlete. That's natural for him. But the fact of the matter is, this is a new defense for Travis Hunter, right? This is different from the JSU defense. And they've solely been putting him on the offensive side. I think, ultimately, Travis Hunter wants to win the Heisman. If you watch some of the well-off media videos, he is so competitive. It's great to see him and uh, man, uh, Nico Reed go back and forth in practice. Seems like there's like a little heated rivalry there, but you can tell just how competitive Travis Hunter is. And I think he wants to win a Heisman. So I think he's going to see a lot of snaps on offense. I think it'll be a 50-50 split. I could see him uh, being a third down guy on both sides of the ball. So yeah, I just want to get your thoughts, Sam. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely scary for me to say my thoughts before, um, like Soraya says it, because Soraya was in high school when Deion Sanders played both ways and was playing baseball and football at the same time. Um, so he has more experience, you know, with these kind of players. Um, but I think, similar to you, I think he is going to probably play both ways. You can't keep him off the field if he's he's burning the cornerbacks every single, uh, like, highlight we see at practice. And what really stuck out, to, stu- stuck out to me was his interview recently where they asked him, like, what do you like about being on offense? And he says, I like embarrassing people. He doesn't say he likes scoring touchdowns. He's like, I like embarrassing people which I just think is that that's such a great mindset to have when you're playing wide receiver. It's not just, oh, I want to catch the ball. Like, I want to make every f- one of the 50,000 people watching laugh at you because of how bad I beat you. And I'm just ex- excited to see what you can do. Yeah. What's your prediction, Sam? Oh, 50-50. I was, with, I was agreeing with you. 
Yeah, for me, the the concern that I have with Travis Hunter is his frame. It's not his athleticism. It's not his talent. It's that frame. I, I believe that he was listed at 165, which is that's very small for a, for a D1 football player in general at any position. So given that it is potential, right? Depending on how, depending on how you run your offense and your schemes, your defensive scheme and all of that, it is possible that wide receiver and cornerback, interestingly, both of those could be lower contact, lower wear type positions. Obviously, CU has experience with that not being the case recently with LaVisca Chenault, who they basically beat up by running wildcat packages with and ran all sorts. I mean, they had to, right? They really had to use LaVisca Chenault in that way in order to get that offense to work, but then he just broke down. And it was no surprise that basically immediately after he got hurt in that USC game in, what was that, 2018, they just went on a nosedive and didn't win a single game the rest of the season. So the reason I bring this up with Travis Hunter is because that could be a big factor in where he plays predominantly. I do think that they're going to use him as a wide, like a true wideout. And if some of the routes that he ran, I, I'm just thinking back to that celebration bowl and him just absolutely dusting DBs, just filthy moves, filthy double moves, and just being wide open, making crazy catches that catch as time expired to tie the game. He's got to be a wide, like he's got to be a wide receiver first and foremost. So I would say 75, 25 wide out to DB. And I think that the 25 is going to be for very critical. Like it's basically, I'm thinking in the bigger picture game wise, there's going to be games where they don't, they don't play him at DB. But there's going to be some games where they're facing in the Pac-12 one of these top receivers, and they're just going to have to put them put them out there and say, "All right, go lock this guy down. We absolutely need you. We can't count on some of these other younger freshmen or returning guys who are, who are talent, albeit talented, right, to come in and just lock down this future NFL player." That's kind of how I envision it. I could see it. I could see it shifting to more 50-50 or maybe a hundred a hundred. I'm not going to put anything past him, right? Like like uh, like I referenced before. Coach Prime, primetime, Deion Sanders, he played on both sides of the ball in the, in, in the NFL, and he played baseball. And special teams. And special teams. Yeah. So you never say never. It could be. Yeah. So, but I'm thinking 75-25 for now. You, you brought up an interesting point that I want to talk, talk on really quickly. You, you brought in uh, – you raised the point of incoming freshmen. I think Cormani McLean is a big variable in this question. Yeah, I just – so – Romani McLean is one cornerback. So that's just where I have a hard time believing that the number one prospect in the country chooses to play for notorious best DB of all time, Deion Sanders, and then decides to just completely walk over to wide receiver because he enjoys torching people. I look, I'm not cheering against him. I would love to see him at wide receiver. I think he's going to put up some insane highlight tape, um, you know, no matter where he plays. I think we all agree about that. I will say to your uh, Heisman comment, there, you can't even find a uh, line. Uh, you know, the sports books aren't even offering a line on him to win the Heisman. So maybe we've got the inside scoop and we can uh, get that early and, and, and have quite the payday. But I was actually surprised to see he's now listed officially on our depth chart as the, the wide receiver cornerback both. Um, I think, you know, to Srace's point, he is, you know, that 165 is kind of surprising, right? Because normally you list guys a lot larger. You look at him, he looks like an absolute unit. You know, I'm, I'm surprised that he, he's weighing in. Um, 
at a number that small. But, you know, I'm not saying that he can't do it. I'm just saying that I really do think that's where he's he's been trained. That's where he's excelled. I think he's going to excel no matter what. But I have a hard time believing that he picked Deion, you know, to go play football for Deion Sanders um, and isn't going to get the majority of his reps at DB, particularly when even if Cormani McLean comes in, right, they're, they're probably going to be rotating guys in and out like you guys are talking. Um, but Kamani McLean can only cover one, one guy um, or one part of the field. So uh, it's not like he's a complete solution, regardless of whether he comes in. And all, the other thing is Kamani McLean's not particularly big yet either. He's going to need some time um, in the weight room as well. And I, to my knowledge, I don't think he's coming in until the summer. So he, he's not playing spring ball right now. So he's going to need Kamani McLean's going to need a little bit more time to get um, up to speed as well. So maybe I'll be look completely silly. I think I'm completely juxtaposed against Reyes. Um, you know, 80, 20, um, DB wide receiver, 75, 25, whatever it is. Um, but you know, we will see, I won't be disappointed either way. I'm happy to be wrong on that, but I just, I, I tend to think that he's probably gonna stay more on the DB side. What are your thoughts on that? BMAC? Mm, because we're so deep at wide receiver and we have so many good players from what I've, from what I've heard going 90% defense. 35% wide receiver. Um, and like I said, if like wide receivers get, get tired, like we'll put Travis Hunter in and like if like if we need a big game, we'll we'll um we'll put him in at wide receiver. And um but other than that, we have this is the first time really we've had a, this loaded of an offense that from the looks of it that we've had this loaded of an offense because we've really never had three really good wide receivers, a really good tight end, uh, two really good running backs, and then like pretty good, not great offensive line as you guys mentioned earlier, but that's kind of like why I see or Travis Hunter play more DB than um, them wide receiver because we're so talented in offense compared to years past. And um, because we have so much on offense, we don't really have that depth on defense that we have on offense. Say somebody gets hurt, how are you gonna how are you gonna replace that on defense when you don't really have that much depth? So that's kind of why I think that we need to that we're going to use him more on defense than offense, if that makes sense. That's good yeah. rationale. I think that's a great point. Jimmy Horn, Montana Limonis, Craig, Craig, pretty stacked wide receiver. Plus, you got the, the two four-stars coming in. I think that's a great point. I'm, now, before uh, I forget, before I forget, I think that this is a little bit of a sidebar, but you just mentioned Montana Limonis, Craig. I am very, very interested to see how he does. So, because... so that, that's my next question. Who do you guys think will lead in wide receiving yards for the Buffs next year? Sorry, you want to make your point with Montana Lemonis, Craig? Yeah. Uh, so to, to, to lead the witness, I don't think he's necessarily going to lead the team, but I do think that he's extremely talented, and he showed that at times in huge spots for CU over the last two years. He had that absolutely massive catch against Oregon State two years ago as basically down the stretch of the fourth quarter. He had that absolutely massive game-winning touchdown against Cal this year, which was one of the craziest catches I've seen. I, I couldn't believe that he, his foot was inbound. Uh, his, his foot was inbounds watching that replay again. 
he is extremely talented and he has never had a quarterback that can do the types of things that Shadur Sanders has already shown that he can do. Just from that, I'm very intrigued. I'm very intrigued. I thought you were going to stop after you said he never had a quarterback. And I was like, yep, that that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad glad you continued your thought. Yeah, I have to be verbose. Sorry. (laughs) D-Mac, who you got? Um, if he wasn't injured, I'd say Jordan Tyson, but since he's a little banged up, I'm going to say, um, it's either between Montana, Ammonius, Craig, or, um, Jimmy Horn Jr. So, yeah. Plus, yeah. of course, I think would be Sedu Traore, so, because just such an elusive tight end that we've really never had in the last 20 years, so. Yeah, I uh, I hope you're right. I think it'd be awesome to have a tight end, kind of like Dalton Kincaid was at Utah, that just completely kills defenses where you have to have a linebacker cover, but you just can't. Um, I th- I think it's really hard to watch the Jimmy Horn um, highlight footage and not pick him to be number one. If Travis Hunter is actually playing the majority of the snaps a wide receiver, um, it very well could be him. Um, I But fun I, fact, quick rebuttal, Jimmy Horn's teammate who led receiving who led receiving yards at, at their old team is coming to see you. So Jimmy Horn was second at, at, at his old team. Yeah. I just, I don't know his, his, he's, he's got the potential in, and, and at some, at some points, his footage kind of reminds you of, um, you know, Katie Nixon in a way he's, he's a little bit of a, a bigger Katie Nixon guy. So, you know, Katie Nixon, everyone had super high expectations. He never really quite, I don't think he really ever kind of lived up to those, but uh, and so maybe Jimmy Horn will ju- burn me again, but uh, I think I'm, I'm talking myself into it. I'm going to go with him. Yeah. I know I made that long statement about Montana Lamonius Craig without even saying who my pick was, but I, I would pick Jimmy Horn as well because I think it's that offense. I think that super fast paced offense is very conducive to wide receivers that can catch pass it like screen passes and take it, take him as you know, yards after catch type deal. Jimmy Horn seems like that type of player. He seems like he's extremely quick and has that ability to be elusive as you alluded to. So I think that he'd be a great fit in this offense. And I think just from, just from the sheer number of touches he's going to get, I'm, I, I think that it's highly likely that he'll be your guy. I do wonder though, like how many touches are going to be around. And the other thing is I'm not sure Shador Sanders is really the kind of long ball home run kind of quarterback. So I think you're right in that he's going to have to get a lot of yards on those, those bubble screens. Now, if we start running a bubble screen offense again, I think I'm going to jump off the top of Volsum. but I do think, you know, based off the kind of offense that Lewis is going to bring in um, as OC, I, I really do think, you know, Horn's the kind of guy that can totally take the top off an offense. I think the only thing I'm not completely convinced on is can, uh, can Shador really, you know, make those kinds of passes. And I, I guess that remains to be seen. We, we've seen it in the well-off videos that he's more than capable. Plus he has the arm strength. That's something that has really impressed me in spring balls, just seeing Shadur's arm strength. Um, but to give my answer for this discussion, I'm definitely going Jimmy Horn. I mean, that's the safe bet. I think MLC, Montana Lamonis Craig, is, uh, is a, great, a great guy to watch. Because who, who went to Miami with Shadur Sanders to train during spring break? It was Jimmy Horn and Montana Lamonius Craig. So 
I'm just uh, I'm caught up on Jake trying to talk me out of the Jimmy Horn pick and then immediately picking him. Um, you know, I'm glad I, I'm glad I stood my ground. All right, can I pick the person who's actually going to have the most receiving yards now? Am I allowed to do that now? Uh, yeah, yeah, please. I don't okay. know where you're taking this, but I'm nervous. All right. All right. I have a Good. feeling this All right. clip is going to make All right. Let's, 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 follow, let's follow along with me here. What happens after you score a touchdown? You your celebrate. Team get, your team gets to play defense. Which wide receiver wants to play defense more than any other wide receiver? Travis Hunter. No one is going to be more motivated to get the ball into the end zone than Travis Hunter. Because then what happens? He gets to go and play defense, which is his ticket to the NFL. Exactly. And then he gets to play offense again. So, like we said, I like these other wide receivers don't have motivation to score a touchdown. Then they got to go sit down and get cold. Travis Hunter's like, I get to go play defense and increase my draft stock. I'm picking Travis Hunter for most receiving yards. That's uh, that's such a great pick. Now, my question for you, Sam, is: Are we? Are you? When you make that pick, are you including yards he's going to have when he's returning interceptions as well? Like, should those count as receiving yards for him? If I think they should. I think. Positions? I think anytime you catch the ball, it should be counted as a reception. I have to keep our own. Uh, <laughs> our, our podcast might have to keep its own statistics because I'm not sure that's how they're normally reported. But uh, I think it's a, a solid, solid idea. This is like a new take on the total yards, right? Because, you know, you have these you have these running backs in the NFL that are pass catchers and, you know, and rushers like Austin Eckler. You know, we'll pick on the Colorado guy. Austin Eckler gets a thousand yards rushing, thousand yards. Well, he's not getting pick sixes, guys. So clearly that's got to go in there. And that's a big factor in total yards. And what if he starts changing punting? the game? We're changing starts, the game. What if he starts punting, Sirius? Oh, we got to put that in there. That's an extra, depending on the year. Maybe if it's the Broncos last year, that's like an extra like 500 yards a game. We have to develop some baseball-like statistics, (laughs) like some war statistics, right? And see who actually is adding the most wins above replacement to a team that won one win last year. That's what will bring more excitement to college baseball is baseball advanced analytics. College football, (laughs) baseball analytics Uh, and college football. I love it. So, you're, you're you're going after my own heart, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to follow up that, that most receiving yards question to the obvious second question. Who on the team gets the most passing yards? Just kidding. <laughs> Who on the team it's gets the most? It's obviously Drew Carter. It's obviously going to be Drew Carter. <laughs> Who gets flipped into the stands the most times? <laughs> no. Who on the team has the most rushing yards by the end of the year? Kavassier yeah. Smoke. Come on. Seriously? Is there anyone else like Dion Dion Smith, maybe? Wow, no, I completely disagree, actually. I, I think Let's this is a two-man it. race. Let's hear it. Have you seen the hype? Have you seen the hype? I think this is uh actually gonna be Shadur Sanders that's gonna have the most rushing yards this season. Um I, you know, call that crazy. Call that crazy. Um, I think the other one that might be in the conversation, I know Kavassier Smoke has a, a top-tier name, but I really do think Dylan Edwards is gonna be the guy that's gonna get the predominant number of carries. Um, I think. You know, it's going to be between him and Shadour Sanders, but I actually um, do think Shadour Sanders is going to, to beat him out. I, I really do expect, you know, with Sean Lewis's offense, this is going to be a, a you know, a, a yee-yee offense kind of thing. So they're going to be moving fast. And I think that's going to create a lot of running lanes for Shadour Sanders, particularly if you guys are right and they have to be covering Travis Hunter with two or three different DBs. That's going to be a lot of room. Good point. It's all good points. 
Uh, I still I, think I really, that the grad transfer is the guy, so I, I don't need to expand on that. Go ahead, Jake. I really thought you were going to pick Dylan Edwards there. I could see it being Dylan, Dylan Edwards. I like those betting odds, so I might I might go with him for my pick. I feel like I can get a high high pay out there. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see Dylan Air Force Base Edwards um, in this offense. I think it, I think he had his highlights come out earlier today. I think from practice, and they were he was electric. I, his size worries me. I don't I don't know how much of a workload he can handle at his size, but you know we've seen smaller running backs come in here and perform very well. Just look at Phil Lindsay, but Speedy we'll Stewart. See. That's what this jersey yeah. originally was. Sam, I really yeah, thought you were got... gonna. Or sorry, really quick, Sam. I really thought you were gonna pick Charlie Offerdahl. You're gonna put on the shades. There's gonna be a lot of confidence. He's gonna get a scally. Really thought that pick was coming from you. No, oh, I guess my my prediction is Travis Hunter. I think Travis Hunter <laughs> will also lead the team in rushing yards. Because once again, he wants to get to defense to play a corner. Fisca Chenault dives? I don't know. We'll see. Oh, God. You guys are leaving out the obvious answer. It's Ralphie. Oh. oh. You know, there have been some games Let's recently go. where Ralphie has more yards than our team, but hopefully not <laughs> this year. This year is going to change. Oh no, goodness. but I think it's Kavazli smoke. I think he'll have he'll go off this year. Now I'm going to throw this out there as well. This is my prediction, way in advance. But I think uh, Jail Stacks is going to have the most touchdowns um, of any running back on the team because I think he's going to be the guy that they're going to put down in the um, second and goal, third and goal kind of situations. He's huge. They have him listed at two thirty five, five eleven, and I just think he's going to. He's probably not going to have a ton of yards. But I think he's gonna have a lot of touchdowns. So, um, you know, I'm gonna if I if I remember this take, I'm gonna come back to it and see if I was actually right about that. <clears throat> I I do want to add the comment that I I think we could see one or two running backs potentially lead the team as well, just being part of that natural attrition. I'm not saying it stacks. I don't know who it's gonna be, but just another thing to, to keep in mind going into the season. B Mac, you brought up Ralphie. Did you guys all see that video of Coach Prime meeting Ralphie? What, what were you guys' thoughts? That was hilarious. I, 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 I was personally dying when he was like, I got to be in here when that thing is coming in here full speed. That was hilarious, but I loved it so much. Yeah, I actually, uh, so Taylor Stratton, I was a tour guide at Colorado. I don't know if I've ever mentioned that here on the podcast, but Taylor Stratton, who's now the um, essentially the main person for the Ralphie program, used to run actually the tour guide program before she kind of got more involved in the Ralphie program. She was a Ralphie runner when she was at Colorado as well. And uh, she was, she's very much a no nonsense and uh, no tears kind of person. So I was confident, you know, Deion Sanders said he did, he was kind of afraid of Ralphie. He didn't want to meet her or whatever, but I knew that uh, Taylor would be able to kind of talk him into doing it. Cause she's just going to keep pestering him until he did it. And frankly, you know, I, who knows, maybe, maybe it'll turn into uh, quite the relationship. I thought they had a pretty, pretty solid start. Um, but I do have to say, I love that video with, uh, John Snelson and uh, Deion Sanders kind of holding each other as, as Ralphie's charging into that cage. I'll be honest. I don't think I'd want to stand there either. She comes in, but it is amazing. She stops on a dime. Um, she's probably the best athlete other than maybe Travis Hunter um, in Boulder, Colorado. So, um, you know, obviously we're all huge fans, but it's uh, it's, it, it would be intimidating to be in that, in that cage. You obviously have not been to the uh, intramural soccer fields lately, Chase, because I would argue that, Maybe maybe move Ralphie to top three. Behind Jake. <laughs> <laughs> we had to make the list pretty long to put Jake on there. 
<laughs> uh, I love the video. Love seeing that video. I don't know if John Stelson was scared. I think Dion was huddling up with Bucky there. I, it, the picture of those three was just iconic. But the video had so many good quotes of the ramp, Ralphie Handler saying, she doesn't have any top teeth. She just has any bottom. She just has bottom teeth. And Coach Prime responds. He's like, oh, I had an uncle like that. <laughs> Such a good quote. <laughs> and then there was another quote of the Ralphie Handler was saying, Ralphie, this is Coach Prime. You guys are going to have a good fall. And, like talking about the fall football season, Coach Prime goes, oh, no, we're not. Well, I'm not having a good fall, <laughs> meaning he's, he's going to fall over due to Ralphie. So I thought that was great. <laughs> I love that that statement because Ralphie perks her head up as soon as that's said. I don't know why. I don't know what it is about that. Maybe there's something about the way that Coach Prime reacted to it or something else. But she perks her heads up, her head up, and like sticks her tongue out at Coach Prime right after that. I thought that was really cool. I don't know if it means anything, but I hope it's a sign of good things. Yeah. No, I, I think it's it. it's pretty well established that Ralphie would be probably a 4.0 valedictorian at Colorado State or Nebraska. So. I think she's definitely smart enough to have understood um, and have been responding and uh, showing some affection for Dion. And probably how we all would react if we saw Coach Prime in person. At least me. I'll speak, for, I'll speak for myself. That's how I would probably react. Park your head up, head up over a fence and stick out your tongue. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not editing that out. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I do have to give one hot take with this Ralphie video. I thought Ralphie would be a little bit larger at this point in her life. I think because Ralphie five was huge. And was it Stray's? You might have to help me here. Was it Ralphie one or Ralphie two that was pretty small? Maybe they're overcorrecting for Ralphie five and getting a, a smaller buffalo in there, but no, or maybe she's 100%. not. Maybe it's simply no, they're 100% they corrected um, because part of the reason Ralphie five had to retire so early was that she kept, you know, she was getting faster and it was, it was kind of a safety concern. Um, I agree with you though, Jake, I think it's surprising that she's quite this small. Um, I think, you know, she's still going to get bigger, but not as much bigger. You know, she's definitely not going to be Ralphie five size, but Ralphie five was an absolute unit. So um, yeah, it, it's kind of interesting. It doesn't quite have the same intimidation factor. Um, although I would invite anyone who's saying that they're not intimidated to to stand in front of her as she's charging through. Um, but I, you know, I think, um, you know, obviously your Ralphie's probably always going to be forever your, your favorite Ralphie. So I'll always be partial to Ralphie five. Uh, Sreyas will be partial to Ralphie too, but uh, you know, <laughs> it's uh, it's one of those things where it, it is interesting that she's going to be a lot smaller. We could have used Ralphie five in last year's offense, but you know. <laughs> yeah, we really could. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought Jake was going to be upset that Tad Boyle wasn't there. Oh man, <laughs> he could have been meeting. He could have been meeting Ralphie six, but no, he wasn't. You know, when they brought Ralphie six out for the first time, I thought that she looked like a like an over overgrown dog she was tiny she was just a little baby and then i remember it was uh, against unc 2021 when they ran her out the first time she was like not really wanting to run she like almost went into a walk at times it was just so adorable so just from that comparison over the last two years of seeing her grow it is pretty amazing just to be like oh look at this it's, it's all over again because jokes aside chase Ralphie five. I was there from the very beginning of Ralphie five. Like Ralph, she showed up on campus when I showed up on campus. Like we were there at the same time. So like when she was retired and she's just so epic, she was there for so many bad games, but she was just so massive and so fast. And there were so many times where they actually had to, 
to not run her because you could see her just like ready to charge. Like she'd start, you know, you know, digging her hooves into the ground. You're like, oh no. <laughs> and her very first run during the spring game in 2008, she actually broke free. And they they almost like lost her and she was running wild and like running towards the stands and stuff. So always have a special place for, for her. She's also just an absolute, like you said, absolute massive unit. Uh, but, you know, yeah, I, I think Ralphie Six is a little small and she's cute in her own way. Uh, and I love her just the same. B-Mac, you got something to add? Well, um, I just wanted to add to the fact that um, he mentioned that um, he he said that Ralphie 5 was there for a lot of the bad losses and moments like that. That's something that all these new CU fans won't understand, like how much pain and agony we've actually gone through and experienced these past uh, 10, 20 years to get to where we are today and to finally see the light of CU football again. So, yeah, that just that just kind of sparked that in my mind when he said Ralphie was there for all the bad times. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, uh, BMAC, I'm curious. You know, I, I, I think my first tweet after Deion Sanders was hired um, from my <laughs> personal account was a comment about how you know, if you could tell, everyone could tell that Deion Sanders was going to bring in a ton of new fans, new following, and that's great for CU football. And I'm really excited for it. But one of the things I think I was a little bit sad about, something that I really enjoyed with the CU um, Twitter competition that we ran, is those were all people who were there at the absolute lowest lows. And I'm going to kind of miss that. You know, it, it was kind of like all the same people right. constantly right it was the same group of like 60 people screaming into the void but it's there's there's something kind of fun and cool about the fact that you knew that those people through thick and thin were never going to leave and it's going to be kind of sad to lose that you know obviously it won't be sad because hopefully we'll be winning and and you know we'll be relevant again and all that kind of stuff but it, it there there was something to be said for that for sure yeah i totally agree and this is probably heading off in a totally different topic, but but BMAC, the, the 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 discussion about the bad times. It also does remind me, and we did talk to KO, Kenneth Olaboda in a past podcast, so much about 2016 and how amazing that was and that experience and how cathartic it was. And uh, th- thinking back on some of the memories, the one that comes to mind is when I, I went to, to a watch party with my parents who are also CU grads. And we all watched the Oregon game together. And, and we got a picture together all wearing our CU stuff. And it was just so meaningful and that such a wonderful connection to, to the school and that moment and how amazing that particular memory was through all of the darkness and all of the bad times too. I just always want to remember this, how special that was for us because Chances are 2016 is going to become a forgotten memory, and and hopefully it does with all the success that's coming. But man, was that amazing! I won't forget it. That was one of the best years I've had being a CU fan up to this point. So yeah. personally, I'll never forget the 2016 team. Yeah, we just, we we got to do one five national championships under prime, but uh, that's <laughs> yeah, <well>. exactly. <laughs> Yeah, we gotta be like Ralphie Five. You got you gotta channel all the bad energy and use it to fuel your, yourself to go so fast they can't. People don't even want to let you run, but you're gonna run anyways. That's what I do with all those prediction videos. <laughs> <laughs>
And that's why Sam doesn't do the hype videos and you do. Uh, <laughs> so, that's a great example right there. Um, now, BMAC, very quickly, I think, are we ready to move on to basketball? Let's uh, let's talk about the spring game really quickly. Talk <clears> about <throat> coming full circle as a CU fan. The spring games used to be a picnic out on Folsom Field with you and your 99 best friends uh, out in Folsom Field. This year's spring game sold out 45,000 people in Folsom Field. They beat, I believe, the last seven spring games combined uh, in, in terms of attendance. And this is the first paid spring game. Plus, it will be televised on ESPN, not ESPN2, not ESPN+, Plus, not ESPN Network. Alabama has their spring game on the exact same day, and they're on ESPN+. Plus. Let's go bus. What do you guys, what are you guys thoughts on that? First of all, I do not feel bad for Alabama whatsoever. They've had their time. I'm sick and tired of them. Let's go. Um, <laughs> but it's just, I, I wish I could be going to the game. I really want to go to the game, but um, yeah. So I'm going to be watching it from home. Really, really, ex- well, not excited, really wired, fired, and inspired, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think it's not just Colorado fans that are excited. Um, a lot of our listeners may have already heard this before, but I'm a grad student now at a, at a Big Ten school. And even some of my friends have come up to me and they're telling me, you know, they're really excited based off the well-off media videos that they've seen or, you know, all the different hype related to the, the team. And they're, they're kind of Colorado fans at this point, but they were also talking about how they were probably going to catch some of the spring game. It makes it a, a heck of a lot easier for me to catch the spring game from Pennsylvania as well. It's on uh, main ESPN really excited for it, but it's kind of uncharted territory. You know, this is somewhere we've never been. I know we've all been to spring games where, you know, you could probably have a business meeting. You could, you, you know, literally take a zoom call business meeting from the stands and no one would ever be the wiser. So it's, it's just exciting to have that kind of hype around the team. It's exciting, exciting to have that many people that actually want to have eyeballs on it. And to my knowledge, Deion Sanders has said he's going to do an actual game scrimmage. So that'll be kind of exciting because I know in the past it's been either completely half-hearted or, you know, not, not a game whatsoever, just, just basically a glorified practice inside Folsom field. So you're going to get Ralphie running at least once. I don't know if she runs twice during the spring game. I think she does. Um, And then on top of that, a, a really a, a first look at that team. So pretty exciting time. It's, it is incredible to see the narrative that's being built around this team. Now, this is, this is a national story. This is a hundred percent. It might be fabricated, right? It might be a fabricated national story because so many media types are the ones that are very interested in their former coworker and colleague and one of their favorite people to interview in many cases, other than Tim McCarver, those of you who get that reference, (laughs) look it up. (laughs) So other than, you know, other than a select few people, this is now a national story and we're watching this unfold right in front of us. It's just what, whether you hate it or you love it, there's just something fascinating about what what's happening in Boulder and this spring game is going to be one of those things that's heavily scrutinized and heavily picked apart people are saying oh you know see this team really isn't going to win this team's going to win one game again or oh my god this is the best team ever and then you'll start seeing people like oh you know they're a dark horse to you know win the Pac-12 this year even though 
they just won one game last year and they're getting all the, I just love the fact that there's all these narratives going because last year, I remember on our group chats, guys, our group chats last year, it was, this is the least wired, fired and inspired I've been for a CU season, even before it started because of all those transfers out, right? Like losing Brendan Rice. Oh, oh my gosh. Losing Christian Gonzalez. Oh my God. Like it was losing your handful of stud players. And now Christian Gonzalez is like going to be a first round NFL draft pick and stuff infuriating. So losing all of those guys and coming into that season, just knowing that it was going to be bad. I, I remember uh, I was at, I was at the game with a few of the other uh, Folsom frenzy alumni, the, the TCU game last year. And they're like, Oh, how do you think we're going to do? I was like, we're not going to win a game. We're not going to win a game. Now there's a narrative. Like now there's like all these things that could happen. There's hope. But there's also like this possibility could go all go wrong. It's just exciting, right? And that, that now there's actually storylines associated with this, but they're national, and it totally makes sense why. And we're just in the middle of it. I I love that, and I know I've said that in num- numerous podcasts, but I just got to keep saying it because it just blows my mind. Yeah, um, if you did not get the Tim McCarver um, reference that Sreya's dropped, he was the governor of Colorado during the Great Depression. <laughs> <laughs> which was actually when Sreyas attended the University of Colorado at Boulder. So yeah, for the first wizard. time for his undergrad. Yeah. Wizard. Byron White. Is my still there. <laughs> <laughs> I am just hoping and praying for great weather for the spring game. Another huge storyline to this is there's going to be oh, so many four and five stars coming to the spring game. That's going to be huge. I was trying to pull up the list and I didn't didn't have any luck, but it, it, I think it's like over 15, four and five stars. Like I've, I've almost become, this is really bad to say, but I'm starting to become numb to it. So you had two, four stars come to campus this last weekend. If this was last year, we would all be freaking out for one of them coming at any point in time. It's insane. Like it's, it's insane. I'm so stoked. And I, it's a good point because Deion Sanders did not have a full recruiting cycle to bring in the class that he just brought in, right? So he brought in this absolutely bangerang, super exciting recruiting class in, what was it, two months, three months? So, you know, to, to have an actual opportunity to start recruiting early in the cycle, using the spring game, excuse me, the spring game for leverage, you know, it's just going to get better, right? It just gives him more time, more time to go talk to those parents, um, the difference now is that he's going to have to actually prove it on the field. So the season's going to be absolutely imperative, but it's pretty cool that we're going to get to start talking to these kids before they've, you know, completely committed to another school and they're going to have to back away from it. So um, yeah, I agree. It's, it's pretty cool. It's also an opportunity for Dion coach prime to showcase the CU version of NIL. I think a lot of other schools are, have approached NIL with the bagman mentality of let's just funnel a bunch of money that is basically illicit when it comes to actually providing a name and likeness deal to someone and just funnel it straight to them. And, you know, all, all the credit in the world for the kids who are taking the money and taking that opportunity to change their lives in many cases, in all, all cases, it's a life-changing amount of money. But at the same time, that's not what CU is doing. CU doesn't have that kind of money. I don't care what anyone says. There's just no way CU has that kind of money. And and Coach Prime isn't using that type of tactic. He is trying to generate a media empire, right? He's creating a basically creating a media business out of CU, and utilize the players are actually profiting 
or have the ability to profit off their actual name and likeness through that media business. They're creating YouTube accounts. They're creating social media of other pl platforms of other types. They're getting sponsorships with local businesses. And that's so that's what's going to be showcased with the spring game because it's nationally televised on main ESPN channel, sold out crowd. And now you have an opportunity if you're an ambitious young person, you have, a, you have an opportunity to be like, I can create something that will exist even after I'm done with school. I'm not just taking a bag and, you know, maybe getting complacent in some cases, maybe leveraging that because you're a hard worker into a NFL career or some sort of pro football career. But I can actually leverage off of my success as a college football player playing for this team and create a brand for myself that no matter what happens in my time at CU, I can carry with me and create a whole new legacy of my own. I think that that's a wonderful vision. And I don't see that type of vision being uh, executed at any other school right now. It's that seat. And that's why CU has been in the, in the, you know, in the big talks all over the place. Like you see it all the time. Maybe it's just because they're targeting to me, but I feel like I turn on ESPN or go to the, the headline page of ESPN and I see CU in the ticker every now and again for something completely, you know, before that never would have gotten any attention whatsoever for something, some quote that Dion had for something or another. Right. So that should be, being able to showcase that form of NIL is potentially revolutionary and give CU. Yeah. They're not, they're not going to be, there's going to be some guys that, uh, that I've seen even who are not going to be interested in CU because CU doesn't have a bag to offer and they're not going to, because it can't, but this whole other idea of the actual profiting off your name of likeness, this is, a, this is an opportunity to showcase it. One other piece of huge news is CU basketball picked up Eddie Lampkin at center, huge addition to the transfer portal. We'll do a podcast uh, in the next few episodes discussing the transfers in for the basketball team. We're waiting for one more at least to fall. So we'll see there, but thank you so much for tuning in. BMAC, thank you so much for joining us on the pod. We really enjoyed having you on. Thank you so much. Um, just want to let you guys know that I am wired hard and inspired to be here. Let's go. Yeah, baby. Let's go. <laughs> go Bucks. <laughs>